It's a great day to live for Jesus. This is the In the Word podcast with Pastor Mike Grover, a chapter-by-chapter devotional journey through the New Testament where we will browse the background, discover the doctrine, and practice the principles of God's Word for us today. Years ago, I was a youth pastor, and after six years at serving at the church, I was contacted by another ministry, a Bible college, and was offered a position of coming and working there with the students as the Dean of Student Services. And I remember pondering the choice and thinking, well, you know, I really don't want to work in a school. I I like working in a church. And I called back uh, Dr. Shoemaker and I told him, no, thank you, but I really don't feel like that's what I want to do. Man, no sooner than I hung up that phone, I could sense in my spirit that I had made a mistake. And I really didn't know what to do. I was embarrassed to call him back. And I thought, what if this is just my emotions? And I called around, I got some advice. And uh, my good friend, Dan Proctor, gave me the best advice. He said, well, you know what? Take a week, pray about it, and then call him back. And if the job's still open, then hey, God's opened the door for you. If not, then it wasn't his will. Well, this was right around Christmas time. And so I did, I waited the week and I prayed. And just shortly after Christmas, I called back and said, hey, I think I made a mistake. I really believe that I should come there and take the position. And he told me, well, I really didn't have anyone else on my mind. I haven't offered the job to anyone else. Let me look into a few things and then call you back. And he called me back and the rest was history. And I spent nine of the best years of my life serving there and learning so much that has helped me to be a better pastor than I would have ever been without going there. Well, the point of that story and the point I want you to look at this morning in Acts chapter 25 is this. It is no sin to change your mind. We really see that in the life of the Apostle Paul. Paul in Acts chapter 25 is in productive custody and uh, he was faced with the offer of going back to Jerusalem and standing trial and he refused. Now, this is interesting to me because if you go back into Paul's journey before he ended up under protective custody, um, he was back in Acts chapter 20. He was at Miletus. He was before the elders at Ephesus, and he was talking to them about going to Jerusalem. And he said this in verse 22. He said, now behold, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will befall me there, except that the Holy Spirit witnesses in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither do I count my life dear to myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. So you go back to Acts chapter 20, and he's saying, the Spirit's been telling me, if I go to Jerusalem, there's going to be problems there. But he said, hey, I am willing to go. Then you move over to Acts chapter number 21, and he's making his way toward Jerusalem, and he comes to Tyre. And in Acts 21, verse 4, in the town of Tyre, it says, And finding disciples, we tarried there seven days, who said to Paul through the Spirit that he should not go to Jerusalem. So once again, Paul is hearing from the disciples through the Spirit, he should not go to Jerusalem. Then you go down into verse 10, and he arrives at Caesarea, and it says, And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he came to us, he took Paul's belt and he bound his hands and feet and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owns this belt and shall deliver him to the hands of the Gentiles. 
And when we heard these things, both we and they of the place, we besought Paul not to go to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, what do you mean to weep and break my heart? I am not only ready to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of Jesus. And when he would not be persuaded, we cease saying, the will of the Lord be done. So here's Paul absolutely made up in his mind. He is going to go to Jerusalem. It doesn't matter what the disciples warned him. It doesn't matter what the prophets warned him. It's almost like he wasn't even listening to God. The Holy Spirit told him that he was going to have problems there. But yet, in spite of all of that, Paul still went to Jerusalem. Now, why did he go? Was it stubbornness? Maybe. Was it misplaced zeal and his love for the Jews that he just felt like he could really make a difference? He could make an impact. And Paul had experienced so much success that perhaps he was just going to do it no matter what. Well, we don't know really why Paul was so set, but he did it. He went to Jerusalem. He did not back down. But what we do know is this. We don't know why he was so set on going to Jerusalem, but we do know he did go to Jerusalem and he did face persecution and he did face almost martyrdom and they were ready to kill him. And he ended up in protective custody. And by the time we come to Acts chapter number 25, after Paul being in protective custody for two years, avoiding plot after plot from the Jews at Jerusalem to kill him, his whole mindset changes now. It's no longer, I'm going to die at Jerusalem, because you see, they had taken him out of Jerusalem under protective custody. They brought him to Caesarea, which was the Roman capital of Judea, not Jerusalem. And so Paul's been in protective custody for around two years since chapter 21, um, when the crowd at Jerusalem wanted to kill him. And he had been escorted now to Caesarea. He had stood before the governor Felix in the last chapter, and now in this chapter, the governor Festus, who took over for Felix, now he's going to hear out Paul, and Paul's able to defend himself. And now let's look in chapter 25 and beginning at verse number 8. It says, And while he answered for himself, Paul said, Neither against the law of the Jews, neither against the temple, nor yet against Caesar, have I offended anything at all. But look at this, but Festus, willing to do the Jews a pleasure, answered Paul and said, Will you go to Jerusalem and there be judged of the things before me? So here's Paul who, you know, for years he said, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to Jerusalem. I don't care if I die. I don't care if they kill me. I don't care what happens. I am going to Jerusalem. Well, now he's under basically protective custody, house arrest in Caesarea. And the governor says, Will you go to Jerusalem to answer for these charges. And in verse 10, then Paul said, I stand at Caesar's judgment seat where I ought to be judged. To the Jews, I've done no wrong, as you very well know. For if I be an offender or have committed anything worthy of death, I refuse not to die. But if there are none of these things whereof they accuse me, no man may deliver me to them. I appeal to Caesar. Then Festus, when he had conferred with the council, answered, Have you appealed to Caesar? then unto Caesar you will go. What a change of mind. Don't go to Jerusalem, Paul. Don't go to Jerusalem. And the Spirit told him, the disciples told him, the prophet told him. And he's like, I'm going to go there. I don't care if I die. I'm going to preach Jesus. And he did go. And he did almost die. And now he's been sitting in protective custody for two years. And uh, he's asked, do you want to go back to Jerusalem and answer for these things? 
And what does Paul say? Nope. Hey, if I did something worth dying, I don't mind dying, but I didn't do anything worth dying and I don't want to go back there because they're just going to kill me. I appeal to Caesar. Basically, what Paul was saying is since I'm a Roman citizen, I have the right to be heard by Caesar himself in Rome. Basically, the Supreme Court, I don't want to go back to Jerusalem. So here is Paul with a completely different mindset. He answers the accusations again, but this time he refuses to go to Jerusalem. He appeals to stand before Caesar at Rome. So Paul changes his mind. It's no sin to change your mind. Why did Paul change his mind? Well, I think he changed his mind because he gained some wisdom. He tried at Jerusalem, but he didn't really have any impact. He suffered two years of seclusion under this protective custody. And he's heard from the Lord again during this time. But it just seems like now Paul was a little more willing to listen. Now, I, blow, I know this blows us away because we almost think of Paul as being perfect. But here's a real case where Paul, in stubbornness, it doesn't seem like he did what God wanted him to do. He suffered the consequences of it. And now Paul is willing to change his mind and go in a different direction. Paul was willing to listen. So think of it this way. Sometimes we see never changing our mind or opinion as some kind of virtue. Man, we've heard phrases like some people's mind is so open that their brain has fallen out. And I realize you can be wishy-washy. But I have seen people make decisions and take positions. And because they've stated them hardly and publicly that they will never, ever change their mind about it. I've had people say to me, well, you didn't think that way 10 years ago. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I didn't think that way 10 years ago. But this is really what I've learned in 10 years. And I really feel like this is the way I ought to go with this. So the reality is changing our mind or being open to change can be a real sign of maturity, not really of wishy-washiness. I was thinking about a verse I read in my Bible reading yesterday with Cheryl in Psalm 55, 19. It says, because they do not change, therefore they do not fear God. So Psalm 55, 19 is attributing a lack of change to someone not fearing God and not listening to God and not willing to be led. So the word for today is this. We must always stay in the word, stay led by the spirit and stay open to change. It's not a sign of spiritual weakness, but instead it's a sign of spiritual maturity. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey through the New Testament.